This is Who's at the Door, book one in the Things That Go Bumpin' in I trilogy by J.C. Bratton, performed by Floor 5 Theatre Company, produced by Floor 5 Theatre Company and Blue Milk Publishing. To learn more about this project or to download the ebooks, please visit www.bluemilk.co. Previously on Who's at the Door. You aren't going to believe this, Mark. I... Wait, it's just too improbable. What is it, Jamie? The girl. Mary Montgomery. I have seen her. She was... She was in the car with me the night of the accident. She just suddenly appeared and was staring at me from my rearview mirror. Jamie, look. There must be a logical explanation. Maybe she ran away from home? Maybe she hid in your car, and you didn't notice her? A stowaway. Jamie, look, maybe we should go to Edenvale tomorrow and talk to Ross Montgomery. We should tell him that you saw Mary. I know that you don't remember much, but maybe it can help solve some of the mystery? Can you stay over tonight, Mark? Mark nodded and continued to hold me. My phone started to buzz. I looked at my phone. It was 3.33 a.m. And there was a message saying there was motion at the door. I played the video and I screamed in terror. There was someone at the door. It was Mary Montgomery, covered in blood. Chapter 4 We couldn't sleep, so we just took off in Mark's car and headed to Edenvale. My parents had texted me to let me know they made it to Hawaii and were settled in. Wi-Fi would be spotty on the cruise ship, but they would check in when they could. Jamie, we're having a lot of connectivity issues. Dad texted. The doorbell app isn't loading video. We hope you are okay. I wasn't about to tell him about Mary Montgomery. I wouldn't know where to begin. Mark was driving and had turned the radio over to the local news in case there were any reports even remotely related to runaways, pranksters, something to explain what I had experienced. Breaking news. A body was discovered, badly decomposed. It appears to be that of a young girl. The speculation is that it may be the body of 13-year-old Mary Montgomery of Edenvale, who has been missing since May 20. The body was discovered about 15 miles north near Waverly Lake. Stay tuned to WKAM for the latest. Wait, that's near where you had your accident, Jamie. Mark exclaimed. We need to head up there now. Mark made a U-turn and headed up the highway towards Waverly Lake.
take too long to find where the authorities were investigating the location of the young girl's body. We pulled over to the side of the road and proceeded as far as we could until we were stopped by the county sheriff. I recognized him. <laughs> he was the one who questioned me when I had my accident. Sheriff King. Sheriff King was a portly man in his 50s. He was well respected in the community, but he was known to have some unorthodox investigation techniques. His deputies joked that he was Fox Mulder's redneck cousin. This is official law enforcement business. Head back to your cars, kids. Sheriff King said sternly and only halfway paying attention to who we were. We apologize, Sheriff, but we have some information on Mary Montgomery. Mark stated firmly. My girl and friend here believes that you saw Mary the night of her disappearance. The sheriff looked over at us. Wait, I recognize you. You were the girl who ran into the tree. I think about ten minutes down the road here. The sheriff pointed up ahead. Yes, Sheriff King, my name is Jamie. I was distracted and ran into the tree, but I think I know why. I saw Mary in my rear view mirror. She must have been sitting in my back seat. Shivers came down my spine as I spoke those words. I know you had problems remembering what happened to you that night, Miss Jamie. The sheriff said. It just doesn't seem possible based on everything we know about Mary. The sheriff halted his conversation with us as the reporters were growing more anxious. You'll have to excuse me, kids. If you want to make a statement, stop by my station later this evening and we can talk then. The sheriff walked toward the crowd that was gathering. There's something not right here, Jamie, Mark said. We'll go by the station later. But let's see what we can find on our own in the meantime. We headed over to see if we could meet up with Ross Montgomery as originally planned. There was only one Ross Montgomery listed for Edenvale. He lived in a modest neighborhood on Primrose Drive. There were police cars parked in his driveway. So, obviously wasn't the best time for us to chat with him. Instead, we parked down the road and began walking along the sidewalk. About five houses down, we saw two teenage girls, most likely coming back from shopping as they were carrying large department store bags. One girl was of legal driving age, maybe around 16, and the other, possibly her sister, looked about Mary's age. They gave us a wondering look as we walked down the sidewalk. Being one not to shy away from a conversation, Mark decided to engage with the young ladies. Excuse me, do you happen to know someone named Mary Montgomery? The two girls giggled a bit, taken aback by how handsome Mark was. I was used to it. He was definitely easy on the eyes. 
Yeah, Beth here went to school with her, the older girl said carefree. Beth blushed a little and then nodded at Mark and I. Beth, what can you tell us about Mary? Mark asked without hesitation. Well, Mary didn't have many friends. She was skinny and awkward. The quiet type. Guess that's a deadly combination to become the butt of jokes. Beth looked a bit sad as she continued. I talk to her now and then. I don't care what people think of me. I believe in the golden rule. Beth continued. The worst thing happened a week before school let out. Mary got her period. She was spotting like crazy and didn't know it. Someone played a prank on her. Kind of Carrie-esque. They stuffed her locker with tampons and wrote Bloody Mary across her locker door. I gasped. My God, that's awful. Yeah, the teachers were not happy. Beth said. They couldn't prove who did it, though. They let Mary stay home for the remainder of the school year. And that's about all I know. Beth! Erica! A voice from inside the adjacent house called out. Be right there, Mom! Erica said. We have to get going. Our mom is calling. Erica raised into the house. Beth headed to the door, but then looked over at me for a second with a puzzled expression. She then shook it off and headed inside. As Beth walked in, I noticed a sign that says Reese above the front door. As I looked a little more carefully, I noticed that the house was equipped with the same doorbell monitor that I had. A chill went down my spine. Bloody Mary, Mark said, interrupting my thoughts. Hey. Don't you remember that game that you and I would play when we were younger? You had that old, creepy mirror in your attic, and we would go up there and speak the name Bloody Mary into it three times in a row to see if we could summon a spirit. You remember that? Yeah, I remember, I said. Even though you said it never worked, I remember thinking I saw something appear the third time we tried. God. That really freaks me out, Mark, to think about it. I think I was around Mary's age when it happened. It was Halloween. I was dressed as a zombie bee and Mark was a beekeeper. <laughs> yes, we did silly things like that. It had been about five or more years since we played Bloody Mary. It never worked, but when Mark wanted to try this time, something felt a bit off. We were supposed to be asleep. It was really late at night. In fact, it could have been around three in the morning. No, Mark, I don't feel like playing, I said objectionably. Come on, it's Halloween. We are all entitled to one good scare, Mark said convincingly. Also, your parents plan to have a garage sale and most of the stuff in the attic are going away. Let's give the mirror one last try. As 13-year-olds, we were beginning to develop feelings for each other. 
innocent crushes, but we knew something was there. Mark's charm made it easy for him to persuade me to play along. Alright, but I really am getting tired. Carrying a lighter and some candles, we climbed up to the attic where my parents stored the old mirror. It was very tall, about seven feet. It looked like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> it was a family heirloom passed on by my great-great-grandmother. Rumor has it that she was a heretic. My dad, being the scientist he was, didn't believe in hocus-pocus. So the mirror was placed in the attic to be sold off one day with all the other pieces of junk. Mark lit the candles. I saw our reflection in the mirror. Two kids in their costumes. As I looked closer at my reflection, I thought I saw something behind me. A shadow of sorts. I cast and quickly looked behind me. Of course, nothing was there, and I gathered my breath. Hey, you okay? Mark asked with concern. Yeah. I shook it off, but still felt a bit unsettled. Okay, then let's begin. Mark said in a serious tone. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Bloody Mary. We said calmly together. Bloody Mary. We chanted again. The attic temperature felt like it dropped a few degrees. After a slight pause, Mark and I looked at each other, then turned to the mirror. Bloody Mary. To Mark's disappointment, all that appeared in the mirror were our reflections. Damn it. Mark said disappointingly. Come on, Jamie. Guess it's a night of tricks rather than treats. Mark began walking back to the ladder. Hey, wait! We, we need to blow out the candles. As I looked back to blow them out, there she was. Her face was as white as snow, and she had blood-red lips. I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I passed out on the floor. The next morning, I woke up in bed. According to Mark, he thinks the scream came from me tripping over the rug on the attic floor and burning my hand on one of the candles. I was known to be a bit clumsy. My parents called us for being up in the attic so late by ourselves. They had their garage sale and the mirror was picked up by someone from out of town. No one believed that I saw anything. After a while, I became convinced that I didn't see anything either. Until now. Well, I believed I saw something in the mirror that night, Mark. I said sadly. Something did happen, Jamie. Mark said. And maybe all of this is tied together. You know I am the practical type, a lot like your dad. There has to be a logical explanation to it all. 
Let's grab a bite to eat and head over to the sheriff's station. We can tell him everything we know. And let's see if any of this adds up. I thought that was a good idea. And we took off to downtown. looked out of her bedroom window at our passing car. She then turned around and took out her hairbrush. She walked over and looked at her reflection in the antique seven-foot-tall mirror that her family acquired in a garage sale five years before and smiled.